Everybody stand, if you will, and get a songbook. Lead me, oh Lord, won't you lead me? I'm tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me over my darkest hour. Lord, just open my eyes that I may see. Lead me, oh Lord, won't you lead me? Lead me guide me along the way for if you lead me I cannot stray Lord just open my eyes that I may see lead me oh Lord won't you I am lost if you take your hand from me. I am blind without thy light to see. Lord, just always let me thy servant be. Won't you lead me, lead me, guide me along the way. For if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, just open my eyes that I. lost if you take your hand from me I am blind without thy light to see Lord just always let me thy servant be lead you lead me and he will praise God lead me guide me along the way for if you lead me I cannot stray Lord to stop my eyes that I 
darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken oh and great are you lord you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you
See 
to the table I never saw the cross he carried up to Calvary's hill I never saw the precious blood that my Savior spilled. I never heard that mob had cried, oh, let him be crucified. No, I never saw it, but I believe for me he died and every step he took to calvary and every drop of blood that he shed he shed
him say it's finished when he laid down his life. No, I never saw it, but I know he is alive. And every step that he took to
I can't believe the God of earth and glory Oh, would take the time to care for one like me But I read in the Bible that old story Oh, how he died for my forgiveness while he was hanging on the tree so please forgive me i need your grace to make it through all i have is you i'm at your mercy oh lord i'll serve you yes until my dying day i'll help others find a way at your mercy oh please forgive me Lord I need your grace to make it through all I have is you I'm at your mercy and Lord I'll serve you until my dying day I'll help others find a way at your mercy please forgive me Thank you for the offering today. I am sure it's been a lot of months since Dorothy's been here. And I thank God that she's back. She said to me one time on the phone, she said, I don't know if I'll be back or not. I'm not sure the way the doctor to talk. But she's here today. And I thank God for her. Also glad to see Gary today. Gary had a surgery this last week. God took care of him. Had cancer cut out and everything went good. So I want to thank God for him. There's others too. Daryl got out of the hospital. Continue to remember Daryl Smallwood. The precious, tender spirit here today. And I know if you're a child of God, you know what's, what I'm talking about. 
His tenderness is here. God knows every heart, every life. He knows where we've come from, where we're going. He knows the hurts in our life. He knows the victories in our life. I woke up with that song on my mind early this morning. I was telling Matthew about it. I told him if he wanted to sing it, if he didn't, to sing something else. But I'm glad he sang it. And uh, I want to talk about forgiveness today. Something that, not just in that song, but I want to talk about something God put on my heart. We are to be forgiving people. Did you know God made a change? If you're a child of God, he made a change in you. And you're supposed to be a forgiving people. And a sad thing with our country today and even in our churches as we've gone long, far away from acting like Christians. And when I say that, I'm not trying to condemn nobody. I'm trying to tell you, don't get caught up in how the world does things. I read these verses, two verses first. I'm going to read them. It's in Ephesians 4.31. It says, let all bitterness, Paul's writing to Christians. So listen, Christian, because it's talking to you. I think every word in here that Paul wrote to a church, it applies to me. It applies for me to take it in my heart and weigh what God is saying. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I had my wife to look up the word clamor, and that means a loud, persistent outcry. I don't know about you, but you turn on the news and you get a lot of outcry from somebody whining about what they didn't get or what they did get or what they don't agree with. They make a loud, clamoring noise. And we got a whole society that's making a lot of noise today, a lot of complaints. And some of you that's been around a while, you realize what a blessed Time we live in as far as the comfort zone of things. Some people, I remember my father and uh, we was talking the other day about bad backs and I remember my dad uh, going through times and yet he would be down in his back at times but he never let it stop him. And I think a lot of it was because they worked hard as young people. They didn't sit at a desk. They didn't sit and do nothing. When they worked, they worked. I'm not picking at nobody. But sometimes I, I think my bad back was from sitting on trains all the time. And I'm thinking I'd been better off if I'd had a hard labor job than sitting on a train. But I cannot turn it around and change it back. It's what it was. But I look at that and I think we have gone a little softer we get a little softer as the years go by. But Paul's talking about Christians should have a forgiving heart. He goes on to say the next verse in Ephesians 4. He said, the last verse, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We forget that we're supposed to be forgiving people. 
We forget sometimes that when we get into the world, the world is fighting for what they want or what they want to get out of what's going on. And the truth is, a lot of times we join what they're doing. We act the same way. We want our money's worth. We want waited on at the restaurant now. We have not a forgiving heart. We have not the heart that Jesus says that we're to have. Sometimes you say to yourself, well, that's not right that they do you wrong. No, it's not right. But I, can I tell you, Jesus walked the years that he spent in this life. He walked and he was not done right. And he was put on a cross not done right. And if you read his whole story, you find that he never come to the place where he cried for his rights. He always knew I'm here for a purpose and my purpose is all that matters. And he was a forgiving, a forgiving Savior. He led the example of what forgiveness is. But he has Paul writing this and he's telling us to get away from this outcry, this clamoring, this evil speaking and put, a, put it away from you with all malice. That means all ill will. Quit wishing ill will. Let me tell you something. That's a job sometimes driving your car. And I've said that before. I've got my own problems, you know. Sometimes I look at people and I think they don't belong on the highway. They belong on a side road if they drive at all. But the truth is they can aggravate you. They're on their phone, they're on their texting, they're doing something, they're listening to radio, the lights change and everybody's sitting there. And if you're seven or eight back, you're thinking, I probably won't get through this light either. Isn't that the truth? It's okay for the first two or three, they'll run it through the yellow light. But you, if you're seven or eight back, you ain't going to make it. But if they took off when the light changed, about eight or ten would have got through. I know that's petty, but I'm talking about being a forgiving person. Be forgiving. You know what? I have done it myself where all of a sudden I took my eyes off of what I should have been looking at. I might have been looking at, uh, across the street. Or I might have been looking at, at a car going by. I might have looked at a store and a sign on it, but I ain't paying attention and the light changed. And sometimes people's pretty patient with me. Sometimes I ain't got that patience. How many of those Christians are supposed to act like Christians? I know this is a hard subject, but it's a good subject, and it needs to be talked about. I want to turn to a, a, a book that's only got one chapter. I am never preached out of it, but I'm going there. It's not Jude, and it's not Second John or Third John. It's Philemon. How many of those were Philemon's at? Okay, you go to Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, and then you got Philemon, then you got Hebrews. So if you get to Hebrews, you went past it. But it's only one chapter. And I want to go and I want to talk about it. Why? It's got an importance. And God laid that on my heart today, this week, and I want to talk about it. In Philemon, if you found it already, there's only about 25 verses, but I'm going to read part of them. And it says in the first verse, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. 
and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Some believe, and I read somewhere, where this Aphia is a woman, and it could be Philemon's wife. And it could be that Archibus is his son, little Archie. I'm just throwing that in there. but <laughs> I don't know that that's for sure. It doesn't really say. But they obviously lived in this home. They were part of the home. And Paul is writing to him, and he says, Grace to you, verse 3, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. Listen to Paul. Paul's going to soften Philemon. He's going to, you ever have somebody come up to you and they're just kind of, how do you say it? They kind of padding you a little bit, soften you up, bragging on you a little bit. They're snowing you a little bit, okay? Paul's talking awful good to Philemon. Listen to what he says. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. He's telling Philemon, Philemon, I hear of you, and you're an awful good godly man. Your love and your faith to all people are good. Now, Paul's getting to a story here, and I want you to hear it. It goes on to say, verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may be become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now listen to verse 8. Wherefore... Though I might be much bold, how many knows Paul's bold? Paul's a bold person. Paul's getting ready to speak up now. He's been snowing him, now he's going to tell him something. He said, wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin or charge thee that which is convenient or pertains to what is fitting here. I'm going to get to something that you need to hear. Philemon, and I'm going to bring it to you. And it goes on to say, verse 9, Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech you, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesiphus, Onesiphus, Onesimus, however you say it, Onesimus. What's he doing? Whom I have begotten in my bonds. Paul is in prison. He's writing a little note letter to Philemon. And while he's over in prison in Rome, he has a little freedom in his prison. He has a soldier assigned to him in a place where he has the freedom to have visitors to come in. So he's got Timothy, he's got this Onesiphus and different ones that when Paul would preach to them, people would be one to him. Onesiphus was somebody that was one to Paul. Let me tell you something else. Philemon, a long time before, 
he was convinced of Christ through the preaching of Paul. So that's why Paul is writing to him. He's writing to somebody like Philemon that has a, how do you say, he's probably pretty wealthy. He's probably pretty well off. He lives in Coloss, and he's all not only wrote the, the uh, book to the Colossians, but he probably wrote this book at the same time. And he sent both letters at the same time. And if you'll notice, he even addressed it to the church of his house. A lot of times they would have church in the houses. And that's where this was going on. And Paul is writing to Philemon to tell him something about this man Onesimus. Why? Because Onesimus used to be Philemon's slave. Now, we don't like to talk about slavery. Nobody likes to talk about slavery. In fact, this subject gets skipped a lot of times. And Paul never addressed slavery, whether slavery was right or wrong, okay? I'm trying to say this as best I know how. Paul wasn't addressing that. See, I tell you right now, it doesn't matter if you're a bond, in bonds or you're free, you still got to walk the child as a child of God. You still got to walk as a Christian. Don't tell me about who it is that rules your area that you don't like them. Don't tell me about your boss. Don't tell me about your neighbor that has more than you do, that doesn't want your, he wants your land, he wants his land, and he wants you to uh, address him as a sir. But you're a peon to them, okay? That's probably a bad word, but it's, you're a bad person. You're not somebody that's important to them. We got a whole world of this stuff going on. Now, you can call it slavery in a different way, at that time, Rome allowed slavery. Slavery for what reason? For the reason is if you owed money to somebody and you took that money but you couldn't pay it back or say your father owned, owed money to somebody and they couldn't pay it back and you're the child, guess what? The child got to do the work. The father that died and left the, the debt he had to go and work for this person as a slave, as a servant for this person. And this Onesimus, whether it was, it doesn't tell, but whether it was the time that Philemon got saved and this slave decided, I don't like this guy no more. I'm getting out of here. But he left town and he skipped out on his, on his uh, place where he was under bondage. And Paul finds this guy and convinces him of Christ and Onesimus gets saved. Now Paul is trying to right the wrong. He's trying to correct the thing. You understand what I'm telling you? Paul is trying to address Philemon about Onesimus. Why? Because Onesimus has been following Paul, working with Paul, and he's a very good child of God working with Paul. But he knows that there's something wrong with Onesimus. You've got to straighten out what, what was wrong before, which is dealing with Philemon. Though Paul has made it a, a task. He has decided that Onesimus needs to go back to Philemon. He needs to go back to him and tell him. And Paul is sending this letter to send it for Onesimus to help him. That's why he's addressing Philemon this way. Okay, I hope I made some of that clear. 
And it says, for love's sake, verse 9, I'd rather beseech thee, being, uh, I think I went there, and verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was to thee unprofitable, but now he's profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him. That is mine own bowels. Or uh, Paul's really saying, he's like my heart. This, this young Onesimus, he has convinced me, and he's a part of my, he's like a son to me. He's part of my heart, and I'm sending to you for him to be sent to you. Now, Paul doesn't have the right to tell Philemon what to do. He's only calling, he's only sending a letter to help Onesimus. Did you know you can help somebody today or you can hinder them? Did you know people today would love to slander other people and then they act innocent like they didn't have nothing to do with it? They act like they don't matter. But can I tell you something? Christians don't do those things. When they hear that somebody is criticizing somebody, don't let it be mentioned that you're a child of God doing that. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You have to have a forgiving heart. You're going to get offenses come your way. You're going to have somebody hurt your feelings. Somebody's going to trespass on your ground a little bit. But we got to quit walking around in the eggshells that we're walking around and slandering and throwing darts at people because we don't like what they did. Let me tell you something. God changed you. Stick with the change that God has made you. Don't be bitter. Don't be clamoring. Don't be hollering around about it. Don't tell me about the rights. Don't wish somebody ill will. No, you're to be tender. You're to be kind. And you're to be forgiving. We don't forbear anything. That means we don't bear with nothing. We want our rights. Okay, you're giving me that look, so I understand. Verse 13, whom I would have retained with me. Paul said, I'd like to keep him with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without my, thy mind would I do nothing. Paul said, I'm not going to do nothing, Philemon, till I straighten this out with you. I'm not going behind your back, Philemon, and taking on Onesimus as mine and claiming him and letting him work for me when he's got a problem that he needs to set right. He needs to bring it back to Philemon because Philemon had the rights. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Put things in the right order. It might hurt you. It might even cost you something. But quit setting things aside that you know you're guilty or you're wrong and somebody needs to be given the right to make the statement. Philemon had the right to see this out. He could have had Onesimus arrested if he, when he got there. He could have had him taken to Rome, and they could have killed him for running away as a slave. But Paul knows Philemon's a changed man. He's heard of him. He knows the change that went on in him, Duran. He knows he's not that man that he used to be. He's not a wicked master. He's not a wicked person that's going to hurt anything. He wants the gospel going forth. So he's, he's pleading with him. 
And it says, verse 14, But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. What's he talking about? He's saying, you know what? He escaped from you. Paul's writing to Philemon, he escaped for you, but maybe God meant for him to escape because he got saved over here, and now he's a whole different person, and when he comes back to you, he's good for you for life. You don't have to worry about the debts. He's going to be a changed person. He was useless. His name meant unprofitable to you before, but he's profitable to all of us because he's serving God for anybody that'll let him work. He's serving God. He was serving God for Paul, and he'll serve God for Philemon because Onesimus is a changed man. That's who we are. Listen to me, Christian. I don't care where you work. I don't care if they're nice to you or not. Can I tell you something? Be a good worker until God removes you. Be the right Christian that we should be. Be a true person of God. You say, what does that mean? That means quit being like the world's telling you to be. Quit fighting for what the world says to fight for. It goes on to say, for perhaps he therefore parted for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, a brother beloved, special to me, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Paul knows when, when Onesimus gets there and Philemon, he's trying to tell Philemon, you got to understand this boy's going to be profitable to you now. He was useless before. He didn't want to be there before, but he's willing to be wherever God puts him now, and he's willing to make it right. If thou count me therefore a partner, Paul's saying to him, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or owes thee aught, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written in my own hand, I will repay. Albeit, I do not say to thee how thou oughtest, thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence, listen to what Paul tells him. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou will also do more than I say. Paul's basically telling Philemon, I trust your opinion. I sent him to you to get this corrected. I sent this to him, and I want you to understand if he owes you something, I'll pay it. But bring him back to you and let you see that he's a changed man. Aren't you glad God knows how to change people? Don't you know there's nowhere God can, nowhere in the world you can go and get changed besides what Jesus does for you? He's the true Savior, and he changes lives. And when he does, your boss is glad you showed up. Might not be the first day. You might not know what you're doing. But I tell you right now, he knows he's got a hold of somebody that will do the best they can with all their heart and try to be pleasing 
It's a short story. But I, it doesn't tell you what happened. It don't even tell you the end. I can't tell you what happened at the end. But I can tell you that Paul was working for the right thing. And he brought it before Philemon. There's problems in our world. There's problems in our families. There's problems in our nation. There's problems in our church. How many knows God wants us to work together? He wants unity to go on. He don't want you to hang on to something somebody did to you a long time ago. Let it go. Be forgiving. Be somebody that sets a better example. Change who you think you are. Lord, change me. Don't let me carry this bitterness. Don't let me get angry. Don't let me get a wrathful heart. Quit letting me rise up inside saying, who do they think they are? Quit letting me do that, God. Stop me. You've changed my heart. You forgave me. How come I can't forgive others? Let me tell you something. God's trying to prepare his church for just a twinkling of an eye, he's going to take us out of here. And you ain't going to have time to correct nothing. You have time today. And God's trying to put the church together as one. Learn to love like Jesus loved. Do you know how much Jesus is who he was, an example to me and you? When they hung him on the cross, they'd already beat him. They'd already... Gave him those stripes. They'd already put that crown upon his head and the blood ran down. They'd already made him carry his cross all the way up to the Calvary. And then they hung him. They dropped that big, big post down in that hole and hung him up there. What's the first thing he said? Luke records it. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. That's who you and me need to be like. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He forgave me. I don't deserve to be forgiven. Every time I look back, I say, God, I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you'd forgive me. I don't deserve to be forgiven. Seven times 70, he said. How many times should we forgive? You can't forgive enough, according to what he said. You've been forgiven. Learn to be a forgiving person. Learn to be a somebody that wants to get along. It's somebody that wants to see God's love go through the hearts of people. Because people need for us to reach with the hand of God. Not reach with hatred in our heart. That's why Stephen stood out so much. The first one martyred. You know why he stood out? Because at the end, when Stephen, the last verse of Acts 7, Stephen's, when he knelt down, they was getting ready to stone him. They began to stone him and he knelt down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he did this, he fell asleep. How many know Stephen did what Jesus did? He had a forgiving heart. His last breath, he had a forgiving heart. 
Do you have a forgiving heart today? Am I picking on you? I'm not trying to. I promise you God is trying to help us to become the people that he needs us to be. Our world, they're going to need forgiveness. Our families need forgiveness. Our children, our grandchildren, our cousins, all those that are, we call our heartstrings that won't have nothing to do with God. Don't you know they need forgiveness? Don't you, need, don't you know they need their family? They don't act like it sometimes, but they do. We got to be forgiven people or they'll never come to us. We don't need to throw darts at them. They're already in trouble. Let me get back where I was at. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, talks about the slaves and the masters. Paul addressed it in Ephesians. He said in the sixth chapter, servants, verse five, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers. I wish we had some true politicians, some true people in our government. They do things to make you think they really care. And I'm thinking, where is your heart at? Where is the heart of somebody that really, truly cares? They do it as men pleasers. They do it with eye service. If I look good, I'll do that. If I don't look good, I ain't doing it. I don't care. It says, knowing that whatsoever... Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bound or free. And you masters, then he addresses those that's ruling, those that have authority over people. He says to them, do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatening. That means restrain yourself from threatening people. I've had bosses that threatened us every day. Sometimes you took them serious. Sometimes you just looked at them and went on your way. But they love to rule. They love to threaten. They love to make you think they was really going to do something bad to you if you didn't obey every little thing they said. But he says, forbearing uh, threatening, knowing that your master also in heaven Neither is there respect of persons with him. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. How many knows we're equal in his eyes? We're equal. You know what? You might think you're better than somebody, but you ain't. You might think you're smarter than somebody, but God knows exactly what you're doing with your smarts. So you're in trouble if you're doing it the wrong way. Then he says in Colossians, the third chapter, verse 10. 
And this one I like. Listen to this. He says, and having put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, uh, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Then he says this, put on therefore as the elect of God. Listen to what I'm telling you. This applies to you and me today. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. That means to restraint. Quit looking to get the best of somebody. Restrain yourself. <clears throat> it says forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And if any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. We're supposed to be forgiving people. They, did you know the world expects us to be forgiving people? And sometimes they take advantage of you because you're like that. But you know what? I'd much rather be like Christ than I would be like the world. This is a correction. This is a, a rebuke to us. I, I believe it is. God's rebuking us if we're not walking like this. We're supposed to be humble of mind. We're supposed to be a forgiving people. It says, and above all these things put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Why am I reading that? I'm reading it because quit watching news and getting all irate. It's not going to help you, and you ain't going to get uh, the opportunity to correct nobody. You're going to find out that all you need to do is you need to be a forgiving person, and you need to be the person that above all puts on love. Let the peace of God rule your heart. Quit letting their anger or their words row you up. Let God's peace rule in you. Matthew, the sixth chapter, 12th verse. Jesus was praying. He was teaching the disciples how to pray. And he says this, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into te temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you your trespasses. Boy, that's pretty straight, you know. Do you think God's going to ignore that word when it comes down to you? had the right to choose somebody out or you had the right to do your thing. God's telling us that we are to be people that forgives people their trespasses. That means somebody got over on your side. Somebody got on your land. Somebody stepped on your, your place. Somebody did something wrong to you. Didn't have the right. But we have to learn that we're to forgive people. He says, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. 
I don't know about you, but I need my Heavenly Father to forgive me. I need him daily to forgive me. So you know what? I better walk this walk. If I'm going to go and cry out to him, God, forgive me. Please forgive me, Lord. Lord, I don't deserve it, but please forgive me. If I'm going to cry out, I better be a forgiving person. I better be willing to forgive others. I can't step into your mind. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody's still upset at somebody. And you know what? If you are, let it go. Let it go. Be a forgiving person. Want it to be right. Paul was willing to do all of this letter writing and all of this dealing. He had led both of those men to God. One's on one side, one's on the other, and they're in opposition. But Paul was willing to do all that to bring them back together. He don't want them separated. He wants us together. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God's after the church to be one in him. Quit letting little things tear us apart because it are those little foxes that spoil in the vine. Come on back up, Becky. One more verse I want to read. Doesn't say one thing about forgiveness. But it says something that to me makes, it, makes you think of it. In 1 John, the second chapter, verse 10. He that loves his brother abides in the light. And there's no occasion of stumbling in him. You know why we become separated? We don't let love. We don't have love for our brother. You, you say you love your brother, but you have no forgiveness for him? Listen to what I'm telling you. Paul, John is saying here, he that loves his brother abides in the light. There's no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not where he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You want to know what's happened to our church? You don't want to know what's happening to the churches across the country? They're walking in darkness. They have not the light. The light will make them reach out and love people. Not, they don't have to change and change the gospel to fit what somebody wants to do. No, they, all they got to do is love people. You know what the world's looking for? They're looking for the love of Christ. Don't you understand? There's a whole lot of things happening in our world, but there's one thing that still stands true. You can't get over what Jesus did for you. When you see what Jesus has done and the love that he had for you to lay down his life, and when he said forgive them, they don't know what to do. He's talking about every one of us that has sinned because all of us hung him on that cross. All of us are guilty. But he loved us. God so loved the world. You know what? It, it makes me think God would have been righteous if God would have just turned around and said, I'm not sending my son. I'm wiping everybody out. 
because not one of us is worthy. We have all came short. But even though he knows we're not even able to live this in ourselves, even though he knows we'll fail, he let his son come and he let his son die. And his son was obedient to the father to death for you and I that we have a place that we come and give forgiveness. I'm going to talk about gifts tonight, but I want to talk about it in alignment of, of forgiveness. You know what? If we don't have forgiveness, we're, a, we're miserable people. If, we're, if we don't have forgiveness, all the other things you can have in this world, they won't mean nothing. If you're not what Jesus, he taught us to be forgiving people. God's word teaches us. Apostle Paul's teaching us. John's teaching us. Be the people that God has forgiven. That's being changed slowly. We're almost ready to take up arms and go fight. You know what? That's not the battle. The battle is that we'll stand true to the word of God. God changed our heart. God changed us to a people that are forgiving people that has a love in our heart that we never had before. I remember Helen Russell years ago. She said, I, she said one time, I know I have the spirit. I used to, I used to didn't like people. I didn't like certain people at all. Now I love everybody. She said, it's the Spirit of God in me. You know what? You need the Spirit of God to be with you every day. Learn to be God's people. Learn to be a forgiving people. Praise God. Everybody stand if you will. I know this is a touchy subject. Everybody gets their feelings hurt. Everybody's been done wrong. You know, sometimes I had a phone call three times this week on one day. I had a phone call three times. Same guy, some kind of a scam, I guess, but he was trying to make me wanted to tell me how much I could some kind of insurance or something and I said sir I'm not interested then I said to him he called the second time I said I want to ask you a question then I'll answer a couple of your questions and he said what's that and I said how did you get my number I got an unlisted number I want to know how you got it click he hung up he calls back the next day I asked him the same thing. How'd you get my number? Click. He hung up. Shut him off. I don't know who's selling our numbers out. Somebody was selling our number, I guess. But I thought to myself, you got the nerve that want to know my business, call my house. But can I tell you something? I realize, too, that sometimes they get young people and they tell them, you just keep on asking them until they've told you no three times. 
I'm thinking some of them's just trying to make a living. Some of them just trying to do a job. I'm trying not to be hard. I'm not trying to be nasty to people. But it's hard to walk through this life and fight this where you love people and you're forgiving to people. I don't know what you're, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know why this subject is important, but it is. If you have not got love in your heart and willing to forgive people, you're going to pay a hard price for it. God's saying, I'll not forgive you. While they sing, you come. Lord, to 
I've heard my father say it many times. He said, as far as I know my heart, I have not an ought against no one. That meant he had no, he had no hurt at someone. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I know that you don't go through this life without having your feelings hurt, without somebody's rubbed you the wrong way. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it can be close family. Don't let the devil have that. Don't let the enemy do that. If you can't reach that person, you can reach your knees about it, and you can pray till God opens that door. But God will open that door. God's trying to work on all of us, every family, every heart. Don't leave nobody out. I've been upset at people, but I ain't never been to a place where I wish them ill will. I don't want them to hurt. I want them to get better. We have to have God's heart. We have to have the same spirit that he had when he said forgive them they don't know what they're doing we got a work to do in us God's working on us daily I know you've heard what I've spoke today I know it's not a flashy message but it's something that's got to be worked at it's something you got to take to your heart chew on it Chew on it. Look at the people in your life. Look at the places in your life. Don't harbor hatred and bitterness toward anyone. God sent his son to set us free from these things. Praise God. He knows how to change us in here and make us a people. A people that can be loved.